Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Well, welcome to Out of the Blue. It is Sunday, the 7th of July. Look at me, I got it right. Little celebration. Uh, My name is Heather. And I'm Erin. Welcome to the show. Today we're going to be talking about sharks. You know it is one of our favourite topics. But we're going to talk about something slightly different that we haven't really covered in sharks yet. So it's going to be a pretty amazing show. Stay tuned. Wondering how you pay your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au or call us with your credit card details on 0394198377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to P.O. Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. I'm Philippe Cousteau from Earth Echo International, and you're listening to Out of the Blue, 855 AM, 3CR's Marine and Ocean News Program. Oh, thanks, Philippe. So glad he listens to the show. Probably weekly. Probably podcasts as well. Every, so you're listening- every one of our shows. It, uh, yeah, of course. Ash. Yes. Um, so you're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR, 855 AM. You could be listening online, digital radio, podcasting. There is no excuse. You should be listening. So today's weather in Melbourne is looking at a maximum of 18 degrees. It's going to be cloudy. There's a 90% chance of rain. Winds are going to be northeasterly, 20 to 30 kilometres per hour, turning northerlies this morning. Because it was a bit of a strange morning. It wasn't super cold, but it was a bit odd. I feel impending doom is on the way. Oh, great. Okay. (laughs) We're starting with doom again. Oh, yeah. We've got to stop with this theme. Um, So if you are out in the water today, I hope you are enjoying it, but also stay safe as always. So today we have a special guest in our studio who's going to talk all things sharks. Special guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. My first time on the radio. My name is James Lolata, and I am a shark biologist. I did my thesis on the boo shark. I did it on the habitat ecology, which is what I specialize in, behavioral ecology, dabble a little bit in physiology as well and yeah let's talk shark and get you loving sharks as well fantastic so shark biologist um question first question every time you meet someone new yeah you say hi i'm james i'm a shark biologist and then they you are instantly the coolest person in the room 
Or the entire building or the universe. That's like the new equivalent of, hi, my name's James and I'm a dolphin trainer. There we go. It's the new (laughs) equivalent. Except it's a lot cooler than So much cooler than dolphin trainer. (laughs) I often don't say it because I don't really... Because you know how cool you are? Because people will think I'm crazy or is all it because, the time. Is it because they already know because you're wearing an awesome uh, shark shirt like you are today? I yeah. know. I always wear something sharky, like either a ring, a necklace or a shirt, You've whatever it might be. So for those listening, he has come in themed. Uh, it's a fantastic <laughs> shirt. It's got great whites on it and uh, they look to be eating swimmers. They're not. They're just <laughs> giving very, them love bites. It's a very oh, Jaws themed. Oh, love, love bites. bites. Of course. Yes. Jaws themed uh, shirt, which I think is very appropriate for today. But yes, uh, it is is not the the usual career path that most people would assume to grow up uh, you know I, I didn't think uh, when I was young I want to grow up and become a shark biologist but that's exactly mm. what you have done yeah I don't remember the careers counselor mentioning that no, one no, no. That, that wasn't an option no <laughs> but either way uh, look tell us a little bit about your studies and, and what you were looking at because it is fascinating of course so I was studying up in the Fitzroy River which is in Western Australia and up in those rivers it is all entirely fresh water mm. But sometimes we do get occurrences of bull sharks up in those rivers and that really fascinated me and no one has really studied them before. We do know that bull sharks do go up river because they are usually hayline species, which means they can tolerate, survive and thrive in a multitude of hollow habitat or salinity profile. And that's not what most people think. Most people no. associate sharks with salt water. Exactly. But absolutely, up in Brisbane, up in Western Australia, you do have those freshwater rivers mm. and there are bull sharks. Oh, absolutely. Gold Coast. I lived out there for a year. There and they made it on the news at least once a week. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, very, very uh, big on their bull shark reports. Yes. Yeah, so not many people know about this subset of Yuli Hayline Elasmorang. There's about 1,500 species, give or take, of Elasmorang. About 150 or so can actually tolerate up to full freshwater system. They obviously all start with, like, the ocean, but there are some purely freshwater stingray nowadays, which have obviously migrated inwards. So, yeah, these animals are really, really amazing and they can literally thrive in any sort of environment, but they selectively choose the environment they are in at that time of their life, which Mm. is called an ontogenetic habitat selection, whereby during the younger year, so when they're born, the bull shark likes to go up river in the freshwater system because of many reasons, some of which are increased food availability, which are perfectly sized for them. Obviously, out in the ocean, there's a lot bigger fish and then are not able to eat them at that point in time. And there's reduced size selection predation as well. Out in the big ocean, anything who just eat anything, including cannibalism as well. Bull sharks are known to eat one another. And a bigger bull shark comes along, they'll absolutely eat the smaller one. So being grouped together in a nursery up in freshwater, there is there is a lot more advantage mm. to their survivalship and growth. Bull sharks have always struck me as the ultimate survivors. They eat anything, <laughs> they go anywhere they want, and uh, nothing mucks with them other than themselves. <laughs> well, yeah. we're talking about cannibalism. Well, they even eat themselves. So. Yeah, they even eat themselves. <laughs> But, you know, ultimate survivors. That's right. Nothing exactly. holds them back. Yeah, and if you really look into their physiology as well, it's really, really unique. If you understand the normal osmoregulation within sharks, how they're in seawater, they like to have their plasma osmolarity to be hyper-osmotic to the seawater. So it will yeah. be the same level of saltiness. Yeah, just yeah. explain that for everyone else out here. <laughs> 
who may not have the same background. I'm sitting here going, hold on, third year. I'm so sorry. I think I learnt that. Hold on. No, no, no I followed along. I've got it. I've got will, it. Aaron will, no, 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 please explain that for everyone <laughs> listening out there. Yeah, so it basically just means... Salt water is salty. <laughs> wow. Now, and it's simplest form. Salt so this is um, Great like, explanation, yeah. James. That's how I learn anyway. Like how I learn about this osmoregulation stuff. Salt water is salty. And our blood and our plasma are less saltier than the salt water. How shark will adapt to this is by having the same level of saltiness as the seawater. Salty so they, sharks. Yeah, salty so, they shark. get, so they get less transportation of say salt in the water and water because if your body is less salty than the ocean salt is constantly going to try and diffuse into your body and that's not very pleasant when you just constantly no. are salty all so, the time so when they go up into the freshwater rivers obviously the exactly. salinity levels go down and they're able to tolerate that yes they're able to adapt yes which is pretty incredible mm. they still maintain the same principle whereby their body is still slightly saltier but when they go into freshwater their body become extremely extremely saltier than the freshwater mm. and with this it requires a lot of energy to be able to adapt so they don't want to constantly be able to balance this hydro mineral you know level so they do a couple of different things, which I think are quite neat. For example, um, the gill of the shark will have cholesterol in them. Normal cholesterol. Cholesterol are known to make substances such as urea become impermeable to the membrane, so they can't diffuse across mm -hmm. the internal organ onto the outside. Yep. Now, with sharks, the reason why they are so salty on the inside is because they like to retain urea and another substance called trimethylamine oxide. And those two combined make them really salty. But with the freshwater system, they reduce the um, cholesterol content in their gill, making these substances move easier between two medium so it diffuses out because they don't want to keep it in them anymore and likewise the complementary reduction in natural salt like the sodium calcium in your body it all goes as well they also have a rectal gland in the like marine counterpart this rectal gland keeps the salt in the body in the freshwater counterpart this becomes inactive per se so it's quite energy efficient to be freshwater then you don't need as much energy it seems well you still need energy to do other things. other things of course yeah but i mean all these osmoregulation purposes are a lot more draining than the normal osmoregulation in seawater because they're not used to being freshwater they can thrive there they just need to adjust themselves heavily uh, okay yeah so it's quite fun right Interesting and stuff. like there's other different adaptation for example they have thicker skin in freshwater as well to prevent easy transportation of liquids in their body like osmosis and all that kind so of stuff. So this thicker skin, are we talking about bull sharks that have adapted thicker skin over time or are they going from the salt water to the freshwater and then building up this skin layer? They can actually become quite plastic in terms of that. 
over time, they can adapt to whatever environment they are in. So if they are going into the freshwater environment, over time, if they stay long enough, they'll develop thicker skin. And then if they relocate out into the ocean, they'll likely have less thicker thing- skin. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Never thought like about I said, changing uh, your skin layers. They're very good at surviving. Mm, they're very, very amazing at surviving. Okay. Mm. Okay. Cool. Uh, so, what else did you look at within your studies? Is it just, just sort of their populations and their osmo regulation, or you no? Know, I actually looked. Well, that was a very small part of my okay. study okay. that I somehow. Just so, what was the major love? Part? <laughs> Well, you've got to have a lot of different things going on in case one of them is just an utter disaster. Yeah. Well, the major part of my study was on the habitat ecology. So how they like to situate themselves in this ecology. What do they do in this time dial rhythm? They go up at night. They come to the shallow, that kind of thing. So how they fit in with the the greater ecosystems that they're they're inhabiting what they're predating on um how they're impacting different species uh how's the habitat forming around this is really interesting stuff that i've always looked at yeah Uh, what what were you finding there so we were finding that they do have a period of activeness per se we have found that they are crespicular sorry what's that word again crepuscular crepuscular yeah i I got and i got that entire word just from that first (laughs) little you're like wait what's it this is a new game on the radio show guess the word yeah Yeah. so crepuscular if you're listening in you're not nocturnal you're not diurnal you are primarily have your activity at dawn and dusk Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So we have found them to be most active during dawn and dusk and they like to go into the deeper end with the arrival of dawn. Mm -hmm. So during the day, they like to stay deeper and at night, they like to come up to the shallow. And is that because there's food hiding in the shallows or is it safer? So from my study, we have found three biological theorems that seem to have explained this versus... Yes, hunting efficiency sure. for predation. Second is bioenergetics. And then third is just, I can't remember third. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's go with bioenergetics. <laughs> Predator avoidance, Predator sorry. Avoidance. Uh, that makes sense. <laughs> and, and, and that could be other bull sharks as, as well. Absolutely. And, I mean, in the rivers that I was doing my study in, there's saltwater crocodile. Oh, okay. There's oh. freshwater crocodile. So you were in habitat with there's saltwater crocodiles. There's also human. Hold oh, on, absolutely. hold on. So that means you're perfect in answering the question, who would win, shark or crocodile? Oh. Well, sadly, crocodile wins. Every time? Because, because <laughs> well, because the bullshark, which are in the freshwater systems, are usually very small. They're juveniles. Uh, but yeah. the, the crocodiles in there are massive. Yeah. Like yeah, okay. the saltwater get up to like four or five meters. And, and we, we usually don't talk about an animal versus another animal. But what about <laughs> no, an but adult bullshark versus a crocodile? Look, I've just got to say, look, they're I both think awesome. Bull sharks will just have to win. Yeah, I don't okay. care what anyone thinks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I might be a bit biased, yeah. but <laughs> that's okay. Nice. You're allowed to be. Okay. Fantastic. So they're moving up and down in their their environment. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So you but you also did your studies in an environment with bull sharks and with saltwater crocodiles. Yes. Correct. Well, we have to also count predators of these bull shark which yeah. are the crocodile i don't really see much of the salty because you didn't just, see many of them well i saw like say four okay but like from afar always they're yeah, never okay. up close like they're, they're, one they're always there that's but. one animal that gives me the heebie-jeebies crocodiles mm. i can it's swim with sharks sneaky intelligence. they're sneaky 
I, they are very sneaky. Yes. Exactly. And they learn. They learn. Yeah. They watch well, you. Funny they story. learn. They plot. They've got a little diary. Yeah, they're not good. But you actually did your studies in an environment with two apex predators. Absolutely. Uh, that, that's... Um, you might have had some safety precautions, but also it would have been yes. such a fascinating environment to work in. It was. Sometimes it did scare me a little because we did most of our work at night. Just oh, because the animals just that were after. Lovely. <laughs> just, just because the animals were after are always more active at night. And mind you, we always work in a very remote environment. Like the nearest hospital is like Oh. Two or three well, hours it just away. Keeps on getting a better, so if something it? went wrong, it's you're dead. <laughs> That's it, pretty much. And so wow. you, you only saw four or five crocodiles, but there are probably no, more salty. Salties. I saw only saw four or five salty. But during the night, we have to count the predators, and we go on a boat at night. One stretch, kilometer, one kilometer stretch. We go around with our torch, shining it into the river because crocodiles have eyes like cat. They yes, actually shine, shine. with mm-hmm. light. Guess how many I saw within a kilometer stretch? Salt, freshwater crocodiles. Freshwater crocodiles. Yeah. Oh, the freshies. Ooh, I don't know. Um, I'm going to say 20. I counted 100. 100. Ooh. Yes. Yes. So it's literally like firework. You literally just do like a torch and it's just boom, boom, wow. boom, boom, boom. And I was like, this is cool but scary. And what's even scarier is we often catch them as well. So the net that we use to catch sharks in are uh, selectively... Size to only catch sharks, but sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes we do get crocodiles as well. And I also look at prey composition. So there are smaller nets which catch like fish. Sorry, catfish, which are obviously crocodiles' favorite food. So catfish will just be caught on this net, and then crocodile will just come and get an easy meal. Easy meal. But sure. then they also get but stuck in the let, net. Let's just um, jump back a bit. So I didn't yes. realize you actually. Uh, uh, Trapping these animals. So you actually had to get them out, didn't you? Yes. Remove them. Mm-hmm. Freshwater crocodiles and bull sharks from a trap. Absolutely. Jeez, I thought working at night Ooh. in saltwater croc habitat was taking it up a notch. And now you're catching them. That's just... You're but catching you know, the sharks. It's just a whole But you know level. what's funny? Out of all these like animal, my least favourite thing to catch and release and touch or whatever are the catfish because they have a poisonous <laughs> barb on the oh. back of them and they're oh, so slimy. Yeah. So when you're going to try and get them out of the net, they're so slimy and they're caught and I have to be so mindful of this. So you prefer spine. a freshwater crocodile? Oh, absolutely. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm I learning so picked, much about you. I think you picked the good, uh, correct career choice. But also I've been, like, you know, stabbed by the poisonous barb oh, of, of the catfish, catfish and okay. it, like, really hurts and okay. it stings. Okay. But I've never been bitten by a crocodile or yeah. a shark. So. I'm just going to throw in yet. So it you, seems yeah. like you, know, you put yet. yourself yeah. in the environment. <laughs> yet. All right, all right. Let, let's, let's move on. Um, so what are the other things? I mean, obviously you've done your studies on bull sharks. Yes. What really fascinated uh, you about them and what are some of the features that you do find so interesting that maybe, maybe our listeners aren't aware of? The third eye. People third always, eye. Absolutely. People always, you know, joking. They say, oh, do you have a third eye, blah, blah, blah. Shark might actually do have a third eye. Sharks have a third eye. Now. Not in the way that we think it can oh, see okay. the future or anything like that. This isn't like, like a that. third nipple. No. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. It's a lot more functional than a third nipple. <laughs> but yeah, so they have this organ called the pineal organ or scientific term would be acyphysis salibri. And it is part of the f- brain within shark it's also in the human brain as well but for us it's buried quite deep in the human brain in the human brain this organ is used to control or produce hormones per se similarly in shark it is used to produce hormones as well primarily the serotonin and melanin 
And within sharks, this organ is pushed quite upward into the brain region and an area within the skull and the skin has actually been, say, less dense on top of this part just so it can filter external light directly into this part of the brain to stimulate it. And the reason for this is the shark uses as a built-in calendar per se and the amount of light and darkness they receive will control how much of each hormone is being produced. And with that, different seasons have different light levels throughout the so day. So they can tell the difference in seasons, which would t- dictate breeding, migratory behavior, Absolutely. Um, maybe hunting behavior. That's interesting. Yeah, so they use that in conjunction with other resources, say water temperature, prey resources. Use it all together to put a story together. All right, it's winter. Maybe I'll go elsewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, they do have a sort of a third eye because they can see the season, I guess. Okay. And it's fascinating how someone discovered this. was. His name was Dr. Samuel Grupa. He sadly passed away. But... One day, he just randomly decided to get a torch mm. and put it inside of a lemon shark because, smell. Because, you know, as, that's as just you as, you as you do. I was going to do that next week. Well, yeah. that's <laughs> what I was thinking to myself today. I need to go find a shark. I need to put a torch inside its mouth. Yeah. But do go on. But yeah, so he, I, I'm sure he had a purpose. <laughs> I'm sure wish, he had a reason. Wish now, explain the pineal <laughs> organ. So he did that and an area of the shark lit up with a circle so the skin was more translucent in that only area okay, which so, is the pineal so right on the top of the head in between the exactly. eyes exactly yeah i don't exactly know where yeah, somewhere around there <laughs> somewhere there i mean you, you can, can find out by putting if you yeah, want to know if you want to know where yeah. it is if you're listening in get a torch find a shark <laughs> Grab a shark any shark. any shark stick your hand in yep you know what to do but yeah so we don't actually know much about this organ we don't even know if every single shark species will have it yeah. but most likely the pelagic species that will need to migrate will usually have this yeah but yeah very very fascinating Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Third eye. Okay. Yeah. Did not see that coming. No, no. (laughs) Now, obviously, sharks are something that um, inspires fear and amazement and love. I think they're awesome animals, of course. That's why we do this show. Uh, But often people associate a lot of biting uh, behavior or predatory behavior. Um, What have you sort of discovered along that, that path there? Well, with that, most people like to give the easy answer of, mistaken identity Mm. but to me sharks are a lot smarter than that Mm. bites are a form of exploration communication threat it's a lot more than that if they actually think we were legit prey they would do their normal bleaching technique where they jump out of the water whereas it has never been recorded in human history that we know of that a human has been bleached on before. So very so. quickly, so they are biting each other as yes. a form of communication. I think that's what we're sort of touching on here. Yes. Um, so they bite each other in those frenzies and um, you would think that's not very nice. Not very nice, except most people don't know, but sharks do not have the ability to perceive pain the way we do. So a study has been found that nociceptor within sharks are very, very low and therefore they can't perceive pain the same way that we do they might have a different mechanism for it so for those listening in those receptors feel pain and bring to our brain of course so you're saying that sharks don't feel pain or don't need to feel pain or why would why why wouldn't they feel pain that's a very interesting 
Yeah, it, it's quite interesting and not many research are being done on this, but from my understanding, pain is not functional to shark no. because shark use, like I say, bites as communications. Yep. And during breeding season as well, they do need to bite onto the female counterpart to be able to So they'll be still successful. react to this stimulus. Yes, But they absolutely. won't feel pain as we do and no. recoil and run off to find no. our, our tribe. They will just keep going, going, right, I'm injured, but I still got to do what I've got to do to survive. Exactly. There's no benefit. So, for example, if I just, like, you know, click my finger to your eye, your eyes are going to blink in a protective reflex. Similarly to a shark, if you stab it in the back, it will reflectively react to that, but it will not perceive pain. So, for example, the best way to describe this is if you are listening, pinch the apex of your elbow, the hardest that you can. Corner of your elbow. Yeah, I'm doing it right now with you. Yep. You really can't feel that much pain. If you apply the same intensity and pressure to a different area of your body, you're going to feel pain intensely. It's like when somebody comes up and you're little and, and they pinch your cheeks because yeah. you're so cute. That hurts. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> and also don't stab sharks, FYI. Don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, like us telling you that sharks don't feel pain doesn't mean you can brutalize sharks. No. <laughs> no, no, no. no. That is still, not what the show's about. It's still detrimental to the animal, but Absolutely. they're not perceiving it the way we do. Uh, pain is not a good thing either way. No. Um, yeah. Don't stab sharks, boys and girls. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Basically. It's a message for today. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So if. People are out there in the ocean, they see a shark. What would you like them to do? Obviously not stab them, but what What do you want people to appreciate about sharks? Listen, look, and observe. Honestly, I mean, listening part doesn't make sense because they don't make sound. Well, Sorry I was just about that. that. I wasn't going to bring it up. But listen I was like, to weird. us. Listen yes. to us. And I guess then- just appreciate them, look at them. People who are often scared of shark will get into the water for the first time and they'll come out of that with their perception really, really change. You don't see these animals every day like I do. They're absolutely gorgeous. They're very awe-inspiring. They're the best of their kind in the ocean. They're the apex predator. And honestly, they're just so effortless and there's so much more about them that we don't know. For example, as I mentioned today, third eye, they don't feel pain. There are so much more I can talk about. But if you do see them in the wild, just keep an eye out. They're not going to hurt you. They're more scared of you than you are of them. They can feel your heartbeat. Just relax and just enjoy being in their presence because we might not have this animal in the future, which is what I got me into shark biology because my favourite animals are decreasing at a very alarming rate. Well, I think a you've great picked, way to finish on. I think you've picked a great career yeah. choice there for yourself, yeah. <laughs> thank All you right. so much for joining me. us, James. No, it's been an amazing yes, show. Um, so you were listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR 855. You may also be listening online on digital radio or podcasting. Remember, we do also have our Facebook group, so search for Out of the Blue. Let us know what you would like to hear about on the show because we'd love to have a two-way communication here. It's a little bit hard in the studio having no idea what people out there would like to listen to. So mm-hmm. jump on the Facebook page and uh, have a chat to us as well. So unfortunately, that brings us to the end of our show. Enjoy your Sunday and coming up next is Sally with Out of the Pan. So have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. It's not too late to donate. It's not too late to donate. It's not too late to donate to 3CR Radiothon 94198377 or check our website 3cr.org.au
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.